My Lords and Members of the House of Commons, I am deeply grateful, grateful for the addresses of condolence by the House of Lords and the House of Commons, which so touchingly encompass what our late sovereign, my beloved mother, the Queen, meant to us all. But I'd like to make one thing straight. Charlie's in fucking charge now, and shit's about to get fucking real. As I stand before you today, I'd like to address some of the tyrannical shit I'm going to do as king. First off, America, we're taking you back. You cunts have been free for far too long. I would not have it. Australia, you're going to become a massive fuck-off prison again. Fuck you, cunts. India, you're safe. We don't really want you back anyway. Also, I'm bringing that thing back where, like, the king gets to fuck your wife the day you get married, if he wants to. That was a cool rule. Anyway, cunts, adios. I'm out of here. Hi, this is DJ Moves, and I'm a fucking alcoholic. Somebody's texting me too right now, but fuck them. But when I'm not passed out, or about to be passed out, I'm listening to the fucking Got A Job podcast with Aaron Kearney on the Spotify thingy that the kids listen to these days. I like him because he plays all my music, and I like that, so fuck you and have a merry baby Jesus Valentine's Day, bitches. Yeah, this is C from Drunken Arseholes. Eight exclamation marks. I got my brother moves. There are some preliminaries to be gone through here. Some confessions have to be extracted from you. Of course, you must expect a certain amount of discomfort. Things will happen to you from which you could not recover if you lived a thousand years, a thousand years, a thousand years, a thousand years. Your confession's a formality, but the torture is real. Enhanced interrogation techniques behind a door that is steel. Psychiatrists sign off to explore and reveal. Doctors observe while the government implores the people's ability to ignore the evil for sure. It's unbelievable, but inhumane and degrading treatment is not illegal. This is war out here. We're not touring the Geneva codes. We're connecting electrodes to all of your bleeding toes, even though they say that the threat of pain is more effective. If you're here with us detained, we have a different perspective. Q-Barks, counterintelligence, interrogation checklist. Canadian universities, behavior alteration experts. Self-inflicted pain, you're not even sure why your neck hurts. Stress positions and Muslims exposed to women that do sex work. Sensory overload, overstimulating your neural network. Isolation in combination with the wild fluctuation of temperature. Drag over the head, no shoes, drugs in the water. No due process, no sentence, no objection, your honor. You're a shell of your former self. You used to be a mother, now two and two. Make five and you're suitably unpopular Bag over the head, no shoes Drugs in the water, no due process No sentence, no objection, your honor You're a shell of your former self You used to be an author, now two and two Make five and you're suitably unpopular People are bitching and moaning about petty ass Mental health problems, but never been subjected To sodomy with broken bottles Never wrapped in a tarp after being doused with ice water Then placed in a dark cell and chained To a wall for fucking hours Those treated inhumane to detained in a blue grave In Guantanamo Bay, families found lawsuits when 
investigations get delayed. The abused is humiliated or connected to electrical cables. Euphemistically described as enhanced interrogation arrangements. Brutal punishment forces people to falsely confess while being slammed in the walls with fucking leashes around their necks. The warders claim to be only contractors taking orders, but got millions of taxpayer dollars for facilitating torture. Some are held on terror charges for exposing corruption while military troops are battering ramming their home doors open. Left with psychiatric disorders, psychosis, and paranoia. PTSD is orgasmic compared to what they endure. <laughs> Bag over the head, no shoes, drugs in the water, no due process, no sentence, no objection, your honor. You're a shell of your former self. You used to be an author. Now two and two make five and you're suitably unpopular. Bag over the head, no shoes, drugs in the water, no due process, no sentence, no objection, your honor. You're a shell of your former self. You used to be an author. Now two and two make five and you're suitably unpopular. You are prepared to give your life? Yes. Commit sabotage, even murder? Yes. Betray your country to a foreign power? Yes. To cheat, forge, blackmail, disseminate drugs? Yes. To do anything likely to cause demoralization and weaken the power of the party? Yes. If, for instance, it would somehow suit our purpose to throw sulfuric acid in a child's face, you are prepared to do that? Yes. Fabric is that What fabric is that? I just wanted to go out there and just do what I had to do. I always related hip hop to making money. I would sell it. Make some long sleeves, make some, make some booboo. -boo. Talent is like this much other than the rest really is your hustle. We're running as fast as we can. People want to be like, oh, he's a hustler. Like, he gets it done. If you ain't hustling, you ain't shit. The hustle means the extremes, the avenues, the ways, the plans to go get a desired goal achieved. Unfortunately, hustling almost meant illegal dealings. No, hustling is using 24 hours in a day to your benefit. Getting up, getting the fuck off your ass and making something happen. Man, hustle is doing what you gotta do to do what you gotta do. You feel me? Like, whether it be legal, illegal, by any means necessary, like Michael Mex said. Well, my first hustle was, I used to love this pizza shop. And the pizza shop name was Six Brothers. So I remember one day, Six Brothers just ran out of all the delivery guys. So I came there, like I'm seven years old at the time. A slice of pizza was like a dollar, and I had like 99 cents. And they was like, what? You don't have the whole dollar. And the guy says to me, if you deliver, then we'll give you the pizza. It was my next door neighbor, ironically. So I said, all right, cool. And then I, I delivered it. And then I remember him giving me back the 99 cents that I really saved up for. And from then on, I just, I, I could do for myself. I didn't want to depend on my parents. I didn't want to depend on my friends. I didn't want to depend on nobody. I just wanted to go out there and just do what I had to do. And that, that was my first hustle. 
I started selling snacks in sixth grade. I was that I was that kid. Yeah, we didn't have much allowance or much extra money like that. So my mom always had snacks in the house. When I would go to school and I would have stuff that I wouldn't eat, I would sell it. I figured out how to make profit off whatever I had in school. Like I hated when we had like spring break because I mean I lost money. That's five days I'm out of school and I'm not making my forty dollars a day. And it was like that was my first hustle. It was snack selling. Hustle to me means being able to survive whatever, you know, environment you're in. You're able to adapt and hustle. I had a little job at Subway. I had a little job at the Pancake House. And then I started getting a little paid, a little $200, $300 there for features and stuff. And after a while, it popped off. When I was 13, I was selling shoes and shit. Like, I was real uh, in the drawers. Sometimes I'd get two pairs, you know what I mean? So I'd sell them for higher than what I bought them. So that was just like my first little hustle. I never went to get a job during high school, like kids go get jobs, because all we had to do was sell tapes. I had a rap partner, and we got the ingenious idea, hey, let's just walk the streets of Oakland, and everywhere people sell drugs, let's go up to them and sell tapes to them because they have cash in their pockets. And, and it worked, we just, we pretty much like a paper route. We just went from drug turf to drug turf and just sold tapes. And the demand was immediate. So the first day we sold one tape, the next day we had to go back and make more tapes to come sell to the same group of people. The people two blocks over, they wanted to buy tapes because they heard these guys playing them. They're like, y'all got something new, and, you know, let me get this old and whatever. And we, we had a little hustle. So to me, I always related hip hop to making money. I got like $5 on me, I'm like, damn, I wanna go get some weed, get some beer, and I need a new pair of fucking shoes. That'd be my thought. I'm like, I'm about to go sell some tapes. By the end of the day, smoking weed, drinking beer, with some new shoes on, boom. Initially, at Bad Boy, I really didn't have a job. It was just show up and whatever I felt I can help out with, I would. And one of the things Puff had going on was Puff was trying to brand himself, so he was making, you know, merchandise, T-shirts and hats and scullies. And so they have a big event in Harlem. It's at the Rucker Tournament. They got bags of T-shirts, and they giving them away. People were damn near slicing each other's throats for them. They could have sold half of those and would have got it. So what I did was, there were all the interns that were around that weren't making any money at Bad Boy, I gave them each a thing of t-shirts. And I said, go sell them for 20, put five in your pocket, and give me the rest. And they came back empty-handed with all the money. So we walked up to Puff one day, he least expected it, and just handed him a wad of money. What's this? It's from the t-shirts. What t-shirts? What's going on? What you mean t-shirts? I told him to hustle. He's like, make make some long sleeves, make some make some boo boo. We made long sleeves, we made everything. Next thing you know, now I'm the director of merchandising from all of that, putting the hustle together. The hustle to me is just drive and being able to take advantage of the situation that that's around you. Like, I was pretty much uh, just like a DJ, producer, single father. I was working a bullshit job and I interned at a record label at Loud Records. So I was going through all of this stuff, but I gave a tape to a guy named Dame Dash. He worked with Jay-Z and ended up being a song called Can't Knock the Hustle, 
which was one of Jay's singles from his first album. But I was still struggling at the time. I still have a job. I was like an intern in the mailroom and I had a record on the radio at the same time. It was like the craziest thing. And they found that out while I was in the mailroom. And this guy named Matty C, who was the head of the A&R department, he called me in his office one day and he was like, so you produce Can't Knock the Hustle, the Jay-Z record that's out right now? I was like, yeah. He's like, don't go to the mailroom anymore. It's like, tomorrow when you come in, come to my office, you're in the A&R department. And that's kind of how I got my first job in the industry. People look at a hustler and say, okay, it's this cocky persona, this really prideful person, but that's not really it. A hustler is somebody who has humility, somebody who will work at McDonald's if they need to. That's a true hustler, doing whatever it takes to get what you need. I think now the word is kind of not looked upon as being a negative thing. People want to be like, oh, he's a hustler. Like, he gets it done. In this industry, you know, talent is like this much of it and the rest really is your hustle. I love today's hustle because, you know, our hustle was just so exhausting. Like, it was brick and mortar, you know, from, from typing on word processes to waiting for the faxes. The fact that you can conduct your entire business with the press of a finger, it's amazing. It's, it's become so much easier. Hustle is everything. When you want to do music, you have to just go. Go, just go. Just go. One of my favorite slogans of all time is by Nike. Just do it. Just do it. It's yeah. so simple. It's so simple. But it's it's hard in the fact of what you have to, the hard work that you have to put in. Mm -hmm. Like, when we started Wave Pop, we just went. We're running as fast as we can. Exactly. That's how you got to start. You know what I'm saying? And then you get to a certain point where now you got to sit down, you got to plan everything. But to really get your start, you can't worry about anything else. You can't worry if people like your music. You can't worry if people don't like your music. Exactly. You can't worry about making money off the music. You can't, don't, it doesn't matter about any of that. You have to just go. Life is just music. Yeah. We wake up, mm -hmm. make music. We at Magic City, and you were like, do you want to go to the studio? Dang, bro. Like, let's get in the studio. I'm going to have a studio set up in my living room because I don't want to be caught chilling too long. I'm, like, nervous and shit. You never know. Hell yeah, let's go to the studio. <laughs> yeah. My name is The Money. Ain't nothing funny. 19 with dreams of being on the big screen. All of the Bond Hill crew wrapped into a T. Man, that shit's hard, bro. The most talented people in life don't always win. They don't win as often as the overachievers. So you got a talented person and an overachiever who's not as talented. I put my money on the overachiever all day. All day. In sports, in business, in music, in life, the overachievers win. The people who put in the most work and are relentless at achieving those goals. The super talented people have a tendency to be a little arrogant within their own mind and be like, well, I'm better than all that shit. I know I can sing, rap, dance better, but hey, you're not the best hustler. I gotta get up and go to work. I gotta get up and go to work. Like sometimes I'm in here till 9, 10 in the morning. If I don't, somebody gonna do it. Like somebody gonna fill my shoes. I can't let nobody fill my shoes. So I outwork everything around me. I don't care if I get a million dollars tomorrow. However I got that million dollars ain't good enough no more because it already happened. Whatever way I did that, I gotta outwork that. I gotta beat that. 
So I'm always in competition with myself. Always. Once I got older and I started rapping, uh, my dad was always like, look, it's like grown man shit. Like, all right, that sound good. I don't know about no hop hip, but if this don't work, you know, what you gonna do in five years? Like, how you gonna get about our house? And that saved me because I ended up saying, okay, you're right, if I don't rap, I need to learn how to engineer and produce. And my brother bought me an MPC 2000XL beat machine from Guitar Center. I built my closet into a booth, put my, my engineer board on top of my bed, and I locked myself in there for about two years. Made like 700 terrible beats, but I learned it and learned it and learned it, you know? And that's really how I got started. Life is just music. Yeah. Like, we wake up, mm -hmm. make music. Like, we were in the studio for two months straight every day and yeah. making, making music. That's how we When we doing. first started Wave Pop, we did like five, six, seven songs a day. Just every day. Mm -hmm. For two months straight. Yeah. You never know what an individual can bring to you. I had a booking agent, and she wanted to introduce me to a talent agent. I wasn't so sure that I wanted to meet that person, but that person ended up being one of my biggest avenues to getting into the film world and getting my first role as an actor. So it's good to meet with people that may be outside the box, because those outside the box ideas are the things that can turn into a Google. You never know. Last summer when we finished my last project, my manager, Chris Hunter, he, him and T.I. have the same barber. He gave her the CD, and, and she gave it to Tip's cousin, Javon. Javon loved it so much that he played it for Tip, and they, they're calling back two days later, like, yo, we wanna meet. And I'm like nervous as shit, because I have a line in it where I'm like, I don't need B.O.B. or T.I.P. to stand next to me, no cosign needed for my thug business. I'm writing it thinking that I'll never meet him, you know what I mean? And I remember when we were first, we sat down, we was having our first lunch. I was playing him the video to that song, and I was like, yo, before you say anything, I got this line coming up. And he was like, look, man, I already heard it. We not sensitive over here, man. He's like, it's a dope song, bro. So like, I'm not even tripping like that, man. So then fast forward, now me and T.I.P. and B.O.B. have a video that we just put out called Writer. So that was just how that kind of worked out. When I met Tip, we was in Magic City, chilling. And he was like, shit, you want to go to the studio? I was like, the fuck? Hell yeah, let's go to the studio. But it was just weird for him to ask me that. Cause I'm thinking like, we at Magic City, all this ass in here, why are you to my studio, sir? He's still like a new artist. Like he still work like hell. Tip real, real, real competitive. Like weird competitive. Like, what are you, man, we walking to the car. Why you gotta beat me to the car? It like everything. Like, even in the studio. He gonna go in, he gonna do his verse, and then he gonna come out and look at you. <laughs> Who next? <laughs> and it's always weird. Like, yeah, I'm finna go next. At first, like, we was just playing basketball. Yeah. I mean, I fouled him a couple times. <laughs> Scratched you, like, we didn't even know each other. And then, yeah. Then one day, he just hit me up out of the blue, like, Bro, I'm having a party, bro. Come through. Oh, everything's like, bro, I'm having a party. Come through. And I yeah. was like, all right, bet, I'm there, bro. So I pull up, the party's going on, like music is playing, and then all of a sudden one of his beats came on. Oh yeah. Ooh. The House of the Hills. House of the Hills beat. The House of the Hills beat came on. And I just started freestyling. Then he started freestyling. And I was like, man, that shit's hard, bro. He was like, yeah, you know, I produced that. Yeah. I was like, dang, bro. Like, let's get in the studio. He was like, bet. Literally, we did one song. Now we have 300. Yeah, it's real. 
think I wrote my first song when I was 10. Let me see, it was, my name is the money, ain't nothing funny. You better watch a girl, she gonna be my honey. Catch me at the mall, spending big face hundreds. King of the school, cause you know I run it. Every day after school, got all the girls running. You know I'm cool, cause you see me stunting. New shirt, new pants, new shoes. I'm a baller. Got your daughter's number, so you know I'm a caller. That was it, you know? I remember it was a nice little catchy beat. I thought I was a superstar. She just want a house in the hills. She ain't never been to Beverly Hills. And you can come to my house in the hills. You can come to my house in the hills. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's how it goes. Lately, I've been up for days, barely even blinking. Rolling blunts and pouring cups to keep myself from thinking. And I'm just a girl, 19, with dreams of being on the big screen. Blue jeans, Jordan, kind of cute, but still could spit me. Started writing poetry, and now I'm noticed off this rapping. Making music for niggas in Chicago that be snapping, but still could switch it up for all the poets that be snapping. <laughs> I forgot. I don't know. It's something like that. My first rap was, well, let me tell you about a trip a time ago. I was going there to run a cold-blooded show. When I was there, I saw some people jamming too. They called themselves the Brown Hill Crew. Dr. Ice, Romeo, and Master E, all of the Brown Hill Crew, rapping to a T. I asked them, could they rock with me? That's all I remember from that. That was, but that was, um, that was the first rap I ever wrote. You gotta be on a certain type of boss status to be a mogul. You have to be able to reach farther than just creating the music. You can't just call him an artist anymore. You have to call him a businessman. What makes Puff a mogul is his drive. And the audacity. Do this, do that. We gotta take it to heights that's never been seen before. And I got a clothing line. And I own a couple bottles. That's mogul shit to me. In the 90s, the compact disc had arrived and sales for the entire record business, not just hip hop, were skyrocketing up. But almost right after that, the internet arrived and the bottom fell out, right? And sales dropped like 50% because people were able to get songs for free. So you saw really smart people like Puffy, Jay-Z, a few others say, what else can I do? How else can I expand my brand? Touring, merchandise, maybe a video game, maybe a liquor. This way of, of monetizing yourself and, and being an entrepreneur has been extraordinarily uh, valuable for a bunch of people. Like moguls, you gotta be on a certain type of boss status to be a mogul. I look at people like, like Diddy, Rick Ross, you gotta like really be on, be, be on some Jay-Z shit. All right, cool. I'm one of the most paid rappers and I got a clothing line and I own a couple bottles and I own this and I own, if you wanna be a mogul, you gotta grow your way. Like you're not gonna grow your net worth by just rapping your whole life. The way that Jay-Z has transitioned from music to the business world, I think when you get to a, a certain level like that, where you have that much influence, you have to spread your wings farther and be able to reach farther than, you know what I'm saying, just creating the music. Jay-Z, 
You can't just call him an artist anymore. You have to call him a businessman, you know? You gotta shake his hand when you talk to him and show him his respect, because he done invested in Sprint. He's competing with Apple Music, like, that's a black man, like, yeah, I'm finna compete with Apple, you know what I'm saying? That Reasonable Doubt album was like the hustler's Bible. Like, anything that you're doing to make money, that thing will make sense to you. If you just replace every drug line with what you do, it will make sense for success. I guarantee it, it's the craziest trick in the book. Daisy talks a lot about dealing in the street. I think he was dealing into his mid to late 20s. You know, there is definitely a sense of how to do business that he learned out in the street of me. For Jay-Z to open up clubs, put out clothes, these other sorts of things, makes perfect sense for his brand. It's been an extraordinary career. What makes Puff a mogul is his drive, his hunger, and being relentless, and being fucking fearless. Puff, you know, Sean Diddy Combs, like, I believe he's the best that ever did it. You know, just in terms of like commodifying this thing. At a time when to make money off of hip hop was seen as selling out, but how he flipped it and it's like, no, we got, we created this shit. We got to eat off this, you know, and we got to take it to, to heights that's never been seen before. His thing is to outwork everyone, you know? So when we were doing American Gangster, we would be in the studio all day, though. Then he would come in the studio, and he would want us to stay a whole nother day with him in there, because then he would be running his other companies and come to the studio, and his staff is coming in and showing him Sean John slides, or he's tasting the new flavor of the, the liquor, or he's like, okay, yes, no, yes, no, let click, you know, this. Okay, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? Then he gets to the music. Diddy. <laughs> I think he's just super dope just in every aspect. Like, he hustled, you know what I'm saying? And he's branded himself and pretty much everybody under him, you know what I mean? Like, so I think he's super dope. And, and the audacity, you know? I mean, like, I'm Puff Daddy. I can do anything. I can do minks and the chains and going into fashion. I'm rolling with Marc Jacobs and I mean, like, I could do anything. Puff and Bad Boy's impact on hip-hop changed hip-hop where it just brought a different style. Like, oh, we wearing diamonds now. We looking good, we dancing. It's all right to dance because, you know, at that time, it was like, you know, in the 90s, and, you know, we called it the grimy 90s. You had to be backing the fuck up with Onyx, and you know what I'm saying? You wasn't drinking 40s. Puff was like, nah, we, ain't, we, we could do that shit, but we gonna do that shit with some style. We gonna do that shit acting like we got a little class. Like, you know what I'm saying? Everybody ain't fucking trying to beat people up, nigga. I'm trying to get fucking girls and try to make money and try to look good. When, when somebody is expressing a vision to you and it's crystal clear, is one thing. But when someone is expressing a vision to you and it's crystal clear and they're actually activating it as they're speaking to you, then you have to say to yourself, okay, this is not just talk. He's doing this, 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 got a kid running this company, got these employees doing this, and he's getting up before me and going to sleep after me. And he's putting points on the board. Jodeci, Mary J. Blige, Heavy D, styling this thing, producing this, rapping on this. So he's scoring too. You know what I mean? So you got somebody who's like, okay, we can follow him because he's not just on the bench saying, do this, do that. He's actually saying, do this, do that, as I'm putting up 22. And that was Puff. Fucking genius. It's like fucking, he's like our Barry Gordy. Like I made money just being around him. 
money, like, you know what I mean? Like, just, and I, cause I'm just, that's my friend. How many friends you got like that? You could just be around and you just like, money is just there, around. And you get to make it. And knowing just how to go get the money. That's mogul shit to me. <laughs> yeah. The sad part is I can make myself laugh and like I do this all the time. So it's like, once I start, I just can't stop. Hmm? 7431 2. Did it have to be in order or no? No. This makes me feel so late. Damn, she's quick, man. That's funny as shit. If you're not listening to the Get a Job podcast, you don't give a fuck shit about animals in Nigeria. I want to genetically modify humans. I want to create a coronavirus vaccine in my kitchen because I can, because it's beautiful and cool. But like, you can't say that shit. Tell me about that. All right, but just get ready to have your YouTube channel receive a strike against it. <laughs> hey, what's up? It's nice to fucking meet you. I'm Josiah. I'm a biohacker and I'm a heretic because I believe everybody should have the right to do to their body what they wish. Take one, Mark. Radicals, dissidents, rebels, and misfits. You can call them whatever you like, but what if they're right? My name is Mad Dog. No. <laughs> My name is Josiah Zayner. I'm a former NASA scientist, and I have a PhD in biophysics from the University of Chicago. I'm founder and CEO of The Odin, a biotech company. We're talking about bodily autonomy, that people who are suffering and dying of diseases that are untreatable should have the right to inject themselves or test whatever drug they want. People who want to genetically modify themselves to grow another arm or a tail should have the right to be able to do that. I don't want to be a heretic. I don't want to be controversial. I want to be interrogated by government organizations. I want people to just accept what I do, that people have the right to body autonomy, people have the right to experiment with science and genetic engineering. I've experimented on myself in countless ways, which has got me tracked down and harassed by governments and tech companies. To have a government, like the German government, come after you, I was so fucking scared. Then I had the FDA come after me because uh, I genetically engineered some yeast against some FDA regulation, blah, blah, blah. Even had run-ins with the FBI. Tell me about creating a coronavirus vaccination. Yeah, I mean, you better be uh, ready to have this video taken down though, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it was like May 2020. We're talking pretty early pandemic, right? There was a paper that came out that the researchers used a DNA-based coronavirus vaccine in macaques, which are non-human primate, and they saw really amazing results. And I thought, well, fuck it. I wanna see if it works. I'm gonna have it manufactured and test it on myself. So me and two of my friends, we decided to do a little clinical trial. We went through it step-by-step, step, showing everybody like, if you wanted to create and test a vaccine, this is how you do it. 
after that happened, we just got totally deplatformed. And it was kind of crazy because like, I wasn't telling anybody to take this vaccine or like I wasn't selling the vaccine. I was just showing people what was possible with genetic engineering and biomedical technology right now. These things aren't crazy, like technology, especially biotechnology is moving forward fast, you know? If I can create a fucking coronavirus vaccine in my kitchen, the things that we're capable of are immense. One of the questions you wish people asked you. Why do you care so much? Why do you care so much? <laughs> it's a good question. <laughs> All right. I just thought of it right now. <laughs> In my life, I have experienced a lot of situations when I felt like everybody had given up on me. I had nobody to help me. And that's what happens so much. Everybody always says, you know, giving people access to technology and information like this, people are just going to do dumb shit and end up hurting themselves. And I, I, don't, I, I don't disagree with that. But people are also gonna do fucking beautiful things. I think it'll be a beautiful world. I think it's an easy sell when you talk about terminal illnesses. You think it would be an easy sell when I talk about terminal illnesses to people and tell them, you know, like, this person's dying and they need help. They should be able to do whatever they want to try and cure or treat their illness. That seems like anybody would agree with that, right? The problem is, is that people don't. If you ever sat there across from somebody and had to look them in the eyes and hold their hands while they told you that they have six months to live and they're looking for anything, anything, but the fact that you can't even try if you're not moved by that, what else is there? What are some of the arguments you encounter? They could end up hurt. They could end up suffering more than they're currently suffering. Nobody's asking these people whether it matters to them. I think that's the problem. I worked with a lot of people who had lung cancer, and lung cancer is brutal. Nobody expects to live long. We developed this DIY guide on how somebody with a specific type of lung cancer with a specific mutation could use this peptide that was used in this published scientific paper, how they could order it themselves, a step-by-step -step guide. I had this friend, she had this type of lung cancer, and she had the peptide. She never injected it. Maybe it wouldn't have worked, it probably wouldn't have worked. But like, why didn't you at least fucking try? And I think like, people aren't ready for everything. And like, society's not ready for everything sometimes. The data's there, the information there, and it's all legit. And that's, it's sometimes hard to get over. I have to work tomorrow, I have to work tomorrow, I have to work tomorrow at 6 o'clock in the morning. I have to work tomorrow, I have to work tomorrow, I have to work tomorrow at 6 o'clock in the morning.
this is the best job that I've ever had. Knock, knock. Guess who's coming to dinner? Fred Mister is a major designer, be Oh my God, I've never seen a bottom like this. See the way she hula hoop, come and jump her like this. See the junk in the trunk, I had to bag her right quick. Feel like magic, more together, all together, basically. Oh my God, I've never seen a bottom like this. See the way she hula hoop, come and jump her like this. See the junk in the trunk, I had to bag her right quick. Feel like magic, more together, all together, basically. She say she got a partner, me I got one, but me want tap water conundrum. Never seen a girl who give me vibes up. Never seen a girl with biggy bum bum. You know me got a lot of girls around me. So they get the love, get them the honey, and that is why they love to love to love me. Ay 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 ay. Guess who's coming to dinner? Fred Mister is a major designer, be mad. Guess who's coming to dinner? Oh na 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 na. You know, say you got what me want And I'ma give you whatever you want So baby, come give me some love Oh, na, 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 na Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God I've never seen a bottom like this Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God I've never seen a bottom like this Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God I've never seen a bottom like this You tell him and it's not the issue Come and pump, pump, turn up Add that mash up, it come and boom, boom, turn up And if I'm with my Bobby dies, you know the whole crew done up Yeah, we done up and plus the boom, boom, turn up Stranger, looking for some danger Ride it like a vodka, fierce of an angel This one, yeah, I'm major UK out to Asia, pull out in the range Got them beeping like a pigeon You know, say, I'ma give you what you want You know I got a body you can flaunt You let me come first, I'm in the front He like kicking it with Sean, I'ma dissing when I'm done I'm back in my bag, throw your rag, throw your flag And I'm running up the tab, cause I love popping tags Got Moscato in my cup, popping bottles in the club He said no, no, I said who's that? Guess who's coming to dinner? Fred Mister Easy Major Lazer in a beamer Guess who's coming to dinner? Oh na 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 You know say you got what me want And I'ma give you whatever you want So baby come give me some love I literally get to live the dream every single day that I get to come to work. One single moment your whole life can turn round. 
I stand there for a minute staring straight into the ground Looking to the left slightly then looking back down World feels like it's caved in, proper sorry frown Please let me show you where we could only just be for us I can change and I can grow or we can adjust The wicked thing about us is we always have trust We can even have an open relationship if you must I look at her, she stares almost straight back at me But her eyes glaze over like she's looking straight through me Then her eyes must have closed for what seems an eternity When they open up she's looking down at her feet Dry your eyes mate I know it's hard to take but her mind has been made up There's plenty more fish in the sea Dry your eyes mate I know you want to make her see how much this pain hurts But you've got to walk away now, it's over So then I move my hand up from down by my side Shaking, my life is crashing before my eyes Turn the palm of my hand up to face the skies Touch the bottom of her chin and let out a sigh Cause I can't imagine my life without you and me There's things I can't imagine doing, things I can't imagine seeing It weren't supposed to be easy, surely Please, please, I'm begging, please She brings her hands up towards where my hands rested She wraps her fingers round mine with the softness she's blessed with She peels away my fingers, looks at me and then gestures By pushing my hand away to my chest from hers Dry your eyes mate, I know it's hard to take But her mind has been made up Plenty more fish in the sea Dry your eyes mate I know you want to make her see How much this pain hurts But you've got to walk away now It's over I know in the past I found it hard to say Telling you things but not telling straight But the more I pull on your hand and say The more you pull away Dry your eyes mate I know it's hard to take but her mind has been made up There's plenty more fish in the sea Dry your eyes mate I know you want to make her see how much this pain hurts But you've got to walk away now For swag reasons. Real talk. Real talk. <laughs> Real talk. Real talk. Real talk. Real talk. Real talk. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> Kool Aid, this 
swag, swag, fuck America Hasta la Victoria, y'all know how the story go Fuck the cops, fuck the cops, fuck the cops, man Kill George Zimmerman, hit him with the yacht, man Kill Dan Holtzclaw, kill Darren Wilson Kill Joannis Mesero, peace to amaze Frankie Beverly, forever we stack notes like the treasury Close all military, prisons free everybody Shout out LaCutis, main, I'm better than everybody Fuck your favorite, anybody Bullet run through them nose like a nether potty Heavy like a Chevy body, original Asiatic demigod body with the Fetty mommy. Y'all hella sorry, meanwhile I be golden like the Niners, holy like the diver, white and black like Raiders. Michael Jackson, all famous. You like that, y'all famous. Spike that like Davis. Common the cold, I'ma let it go like K Dot on control. Worst Latin rapper, Obama bass, got on the flow. <laughs> Your boy Bodega, web okay, so man, I'm on the road. Jeez, man. Please, goddamn, I'ma go ham cheese, man I'm that plus the macaroni, smack a phony jabroni Crack a O and get holy elevated, hella faded Could tell you hate it, I denigrated, humiliated I separated the English from the Dutch <laughs> I can freely admit that I'm a genius now I think I earned it Had a million dollars and I burned it Y'all ain't learned shit Ain't nobody asked to be born Ain't nobody deserves shit So fuck it, I'ma spend it how I earned it Sure shit, y'all flip Reggie Bush, y'all need a Heisman Y'all got Miz, I got Heisman Chicks in the coop like I'm Mexican I just had sex and I'm about to have sex again Please respect your man Imagine all the people like that nigga John Lesbian All you need is love, we're sensitive people Kool-Aid D the plug, swag, John Rasta, Rasta Hey, what up, Raptor? Oh my God, that's amazing, fuck that Run up in the spotlight, blow, give me that boom Shaka laka laka with the hay macarena Yeah, I'm higher than a motherfucker Welcome to the jam rock Hill hop and you don't stop the body rock Make a little groovy little drive to the beach tone See me in a big ass t-shirt I'm high off of weed and a Hennessy And I ride on my enemy pleasantly Ain't nobody fucking with my energy Woo! <laughs> Check the pedigree Yo, my style stay hella free, huh? It ain't my fault Did I do that? Juvenile, how I sell appliances The washers and the dryers and shit <laughs> Cold ice cream like dryers or even brides and shit <laughs> Name another man that's flyer than this Kid, you're on flyer than shit Heat lines like an iron and shit Man, I'm high as a bitch And I don't even give a fuck, man 30 racks at the gas station Plus, um, fuck, fit her up I don't give a fuck, nigga, live it up Plus, fuck the cops, fuck the cops Fuck the cops, though Think I said before Fuck the cops, though Fuck the pigs Man, the little piggy suck dicky Motherfucker, I don't give a fuck, man I'm sick Motherfucker, skateboard V, do a trick <laughs> Motherfucker, suck a tuck a chain and shit Insane in the brain and shit Look at all the lanes, tryna run up in the lane and shit, man Look, I'ma put you on game Look, I'ma put you on game and shit Or whatever I'ma do what I wanna do You oughta do what you wanna do too, ooh I'ma call the doc like Phil, I'm Donahue <laughs> Ew, I don't 
don't even wanna think about all of that, all of you, all of who Out to the bar, you'll all go, all of y'all coming up short like cargo Wood chipper just like Fargo, coast to coast, LA to Key Largo Shout out Chicago, paint a picture like Pablo Rolling down San Paolo It's showtime just like um, at the Apollo Shooters with the clips, with the shells and them shits that hollow We whip Eldorados, this dip avocado, that's shout to Polo Yo, Chirac, that's Polo, East Bay, that's your brodo I know I said it before, but YT's like Cholo I said it all before, though, I don't give a fuck, man, I'm so blow Got lunch meetings in Soho, <laughs> yo, I'm surfing channels and Chanel's And Coco up in La Nariz like Moco, pussy sweet like Soco Lake on Choco, chicks in the coop like I'm Mexican Bricks in the scooped out portion of the Lex and shit See me on 123 and like Lexington Reading Malcolm Mexican, damn that's refreshing, damn Feel like I got a little life back Shit man If she cooking, do the thing, you should probably wipe that Any other problems solved, they on their cells, bruh I wrote a book, and it's flying off the shelves It ain't even come out yet Living them hells on bells and rock thoroughly Wavy switch, curry B, run it back, no hurry G <laughs> Cool like the young slurry C to the A to the N-E <laughs> Come some, come many Styles upon styles per the penny Technology architecture Hit you with the lecture International border hopping, conscious liminal <laughs> Ill subliminal, spiritual, metaphysical, style, chemical, seminal, biological, astronomical, comical, tragical, magical, 99 times manifestable, no I realidad. See the paper moon through the beamer moon roof. Yo, we live ugly truths, beautiful, haunted, electric, operatic. My god is magic, courageous, simple, advantageous. Pure word, poetry, art, the human soul, technology, truth beyond language. The soul songs, the sweet soul chariot, verily. English major, Ursa, life is love and vice versa How you like this nice little versa, versa game Real talk, real talk, real talk Real talk, real talk How many of them? Real talk, game How many of us? Real talk, real talk Talk.
what it do, what it like, what it is, what it cause, what it smell like, what it be similar to, give me the juice, what it tastes like, how it cake like, how it paint like, what it look like, what's the hook like. This is the best job that I've ever had. I literally get to live the dream every single day that I get to come to work. The Nova Scotia Community College creates a mindset that we are here to serve all aspects of community, whether it's big business, small business, marginalized communities, or individuals who face barriers all their lives. We have relationships with industry that map right across the spectrum, from large, complicated multinational companies to small sole proprietorships. We're leading major economic projects like the Center for Ocean Ventures and Entrepreneurship. We've worked all around the world helping emerging economies that were facing very difficult economic realities to grow and prosper. I often say that we're here to democratize post-secondary education which means if you have a passion and desire to learn, develop and grow, we are here to help you. There's a place for everyone here. Our students come to us from high school, university, and some of them have been at a school for a while. It takes great courage for many of our learners to come and study. And that's a tremendous commitment we have to honor, nurture and respect. We're not trying to be a sage on the stage. Instead, our approach is to be a guide on the side. Implicit in that is creating a learning, collaborative relationship with our students. The fact that people learn differently is crucial in helping others be successful. We're creating opportunities for people to transform their lives, and that is an awesome responsibility. Every June, I have the honor, on behalf of the college, to present each student with their diploma or certificate. And as they walk across the stage, I get to spend eight seconds with them and be part of their lives. And much to their chagrin, I usually ask them a question. Like, what inspired you to come to NSCC? And quite often, they're going to answer that question by pointing someone out in the audience. And quite often, that person is a child who's holding up a sign to the effect of mom, I knew you could do it, or Dad, I'm so proud of you. And they simply say to me, that is why I did it. That is why I came here. And you know, that never gets old, no matter how many times it happens. As we look to the future, the college's next era is about unleashing the potential that we have as an institution to help unleash the potential that we have as a province. I think in many ways, NSCC is a microcosm of what Nova Scotia can become. An innovative, entrepreneurial powerhouse. I get so excited when I think about what's next for NSCC because of the potential impact we can have on every single community in this province. In essence, we are here to help transform Nova Scotia one learner at a time.
I have to work tomorrow. I have to work tomorrow. I have to work tomorrow at six o'clock in the morning. I have to work tomorrow. I have to work tomorrow. I have to work tomorrow at six o'clock in the morning. My lords and members of the House of Commons, I am deeply grateful, grateful for the addresses of condolence by the House of Lords and the House of Commons which so touchingly encompass what our late sovereign, my beloved mother, the Queen, meant to us all. But I'd like to make one thing straight. Charlie's in fucking charge now, and shit's about to get fucking real. As I stand before you today, I'd like to address some of the tyrannical shit I'm going to do as King. First off, America, we're taking you back. You cunts have been free for far too long. I would not have it. Australia, you're going to become a massive fuck-off prison again. Fuck you, cunts. India, you're safe. We don't really want you back anyway. Also, I'm bringing that thing back where, like, the king gets to fuck your wife the day you get married, if he wants to. That was a cool rule. Anyway, cunts, adios. I'm out of here. J-O-B so sweet with bills stack up you gotta pay those fees so i'm grinding on the j-o-b same old speech pops walk 30 miles rain no sleep you're grinding on the j-o-b 803 bars pissed off you were late all week now i'm grinding on the j-o-b they owe me more than what's shown on the payroll sheets so you decided to be a bum they got a name for that it's called a bum and without a job a residence or legal tender that's what you're gonna be man give me a fucking bum yeah, I was sitting there eating my muffin and drinking my coffee when I had what alcoholics refer to as a moment of clarity. You came in here to simp for this K-pop.